1: Alright, we are here today with a Wolves segment, so of course we're joined by the fantastic Thomas Boff, who is the editor of Wolves Blog, and you can obviously find him at Wolvesblog.com and on Twitter at Wolvesblog. Thomas, an absolute pleasure having you on to talk Wolves. Um, last season, a little weird. Started with Bruno Lodge after a pretty successful campaign prior. I, mean, I would have liked a few more goals that might have gotten you into the European places, but ultimately not too bad. And that he was gone uh, pretty quickly. You had some injuries, some iffy signings, bring in Le Petit end up finishing just seven points off relegation, which I'm sure was not what was expected going into the season. Uh, aside from those kind of like touch points, what, what did you make of, of the year on the whole?
0: It was a difficult old season, Kev. Um, can't deny that. Um, started badly, um, chaos in terms of organization of the football club the transfer business that they kind of left right to the back end of the the summer window letting sort of key players go who Bruno Large had been using a lot in pre-season meaning we kind of had to reshape the squad Um, so that puts in a difficult position and then the players that came in, the big, the big signings, which were Mateus Nunes from Sporting Lisbon and Goncalo Guedes from Valencia. I mean, that constituted 70, 80 million pounds worth of recruitment, uh, which is massive for a, for a team at Wolves level. Uh, and those players just, just didn't really perform uh, for Bruno Lage, or, or really, you know, up to their hype over the course of the whole season. Um, so that, that, that was a problem. It, it felt like the squad was light. Um, and, and we did get one or two injuries as well. And I just think Bruno Large couldn't quite get the results he needed to kind of keep his head above water. You know, so they pulled the pulled the trigger on him and he was gone. Um and then obviously some some a couple of months where it really felt like we were floating before the World Cup. We had caretakers in charge. Seemed like we were we were destined to be in the bottom three because no one wanted the manager's job, the squad looked threadbare and the performances were, the games were coming and going and the performances just weren't there. So it was, it was pretty dire, but then we, we had the respite of the World Cup um, and and getting Lopetegui to reconsider and take the job on and then having that time over the, the World Cup break to reshape the squad come back in january we got five or six new faces through the door and from there we just really we grinded out the results we just ground out some you know some mostly mostly at home nearly all the good results came at home good defensive performances at home not, still not many goals as it's become synonymous with walls and we just ground it out you know all the way to the end um, there were some really bad performances in between those those results that got us there um, so I think overall, Wolves fans just let ended the season going. We got away with one there, you know. That there's a massive summer of change has to come now, because we're, we're we're too often not scoring enough goals. We don't look as defensively solid as we have done in previous years. So you, you're looking at this Wolves team now and going, well, what has it really got to offer? So you know, it, it kind of needed to be broken down over this summer. It still needs to be broken down over this summer and rebuilt. And when we come back. Uh, in August, it's got to be something completely new, or it, it's going to be another massive struggle.
1: Yeah, certainly don't want to to have to see that for you. There, um, you mentioned uh, Laportequi uh, and the fact that he had to be kind of convinced, and it does seem like he's staying now. Um, there's a lot of player movement potentially happening, which we'll get to in a second. But are, are you confident that that his the, the path that he has you on will lead to a positive thing, or kind of like you just alluded to, could it could it be a bit of a struggle?
0: Yeah, it's really hard to say. It's it's really hard to say because on the one hand, you know, you can't ignore the fact that when Lopetegui took over, we were bottom of the table. Um... Yeah, And when we finish the season, we survive with like three games left to play. So that's a, that is a phenomenal achievement in terms of points accumulation. And it's one of those things, again, where people do the maths on these things and they extrapolate. If he'd been there from game one, we'd have been kind of top end of mid-table into the top half, possibly. So in terms of results, it it was fine. Um, but the way we got those results and the general over, overall performances, they weren't good. There wasn't a lot you could really hang your hat on and think, you know, we look good now. We look like we're in really good shape. Um, but yeah, kind of, it was weird as well that what we what we ended up with in in January, because we brought those six new players in so rapidly we end, and we got players back from injury, we went from having a really threadbare squad to having this kind of bloated out, massive squad where we were leaving, leaving a couple of senior pros outside of the, the matchday squad altogether. And I think that was creating discontent you know, in the squad. Um so yeah, you, you you swap one problem for another almost when, when you do that with the with the recruitment. So I think that that, that was the major problem um for, from last season, just the general squad management. I think Lopetegui's a, a good coach. I think he's proven that. I don't think you get to in the game where he's got to, if you're not, um talented. And you know, he, he's shown at walls that he can deliver results. What I, I, I suppose if I was being critical of him, I would say I don't see much evidence of a clear style of play. Um, and and mm. if we have seen evidence of it, it certainly hasn't been an attractive style of play. So, But I think everyone's willing to forgive that because he got the results. So what it, it this is a season of judgment. And perhaps that's why he took the position that... You know, if I'm not going to be backed in the summer to reshape the squad, how I want it to be, I'm not going to hang around because next season it's really going to reflect on me how this team performs. So I could understand I could understand why he took the kind of public stance that he did. I didn't agree with the way he went about it, and it was less than ideal. You know these discussions can happen behind closed doors, but um but you know I, I appreciate that he he wants to make sure that he's working with enough to kind of do what he wants to do with this team.
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, players that might be wanting out. There's going to be some turnover, as we've already alluded to. Um, obviously, Adama Traore not extending the contract. Uh, the the big news that I'm sure everybody is is thinking about right now is the Ruben Neves one. What are your thoughts on on him finally leaving? We did talk about it in the last full show of the season, but now that it looks like he is formally leaving, that he's moving to the Saudi League, fifty million for Wolves has to be quite a coup. What, what do you make of that whole deal and his potential seemingly likely departure?
0: Now, disappointed to see him go, obviously. He's been a fantastic player for Wolves. That, that goes without saying. But I think he, he fits into this very weird catchment where he's he's too good to be languishing in a kind of bottom half of the Premier League table team. But none of the top teams really seem to fancy him at any point. I've never said... There was a point where Man United were maybe linked, but I don't think Ten Hag really really fancied him for the the positions on the pitch that he, he wanted those kind of pivots to be and the things he wanted them to do. So that seemed to come and go when, when Ten Hag came to Man United and that was briefly, you know, linked to Arsenal. But obviously they're looking at Declan Rice and Caicedo and players like that. So it just it just seemed like this summer it was inevitable he was going to go because he was into the last year of his contract. But at the same time, there were no obvious takers. You know, George Mendes tried his very best to get him to Barcelona, but Barcelona haven't got the money. Um, they wanted to do a swap with Ansu Fati, um, and Fati came out and said, "I definitely don't want to go to Wolves," which was charming, obviously, uh, but understandable in a way, I suppose, from his his own perspective. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I just don't think there was a lot of presentable options, um, and Wolves have been very straightforward this summer in the fact that they know they need to offload players um, in order to to bring players in. Uh, because of the, you know, I think mainly because of the business we, we did in January to, to keep ourselves up. Um, so it's a fantastic deal for Wolves of the Football Club to get all that money in for a player in the last year of his contract. I didn't think we'd command that kind of fee as good as Ruben Neves is. I thought we'd be talking in the 20 to 25 million, maybe with some add-ons, uh, given his contractual status um so so to get you know 45 50 million i don't know what the conversion is from from euros but it's somewhere in that region i think that's massive for Wolves, and it, and i think it gives us a real leg up going into the you know the real business part of the summer and hopefully it means we can we can do some deals ourselves um i think from the player perspective people are it's raised some eyebrows because the players going to the saudi league tend to be ones who are on the way down on the other side of that hill who have done fantastic things in their careers yeah. and they're looking for that payday and you're looking at him, a player who's probably coming into his peak and you're expecting him to to make that leap to a team where he could achieve the goals that, you know, players dream about in their careers. You know, the the, the league, the you know Champions League football trophies. And, you know, he, he he wouldn't look out of place in any of the elite teams, you know, in the squads, um, not necessarily always playing, but he certainly wouldn't look out of place anywhere. So it's strange from that perspective. Um, but what we have to remember, he is a proper son of Mendes. You know, you have to remember George Mendes persuaded Ruben Neves to drop down out of the Champions League with Porto to play with Wolves in the Championship, and, you know, it's it's got him to where he is now. He's a full international. He's been linked with, with good clubs, so maybe, maybe Mendes has said to him, well, look, go and play in Saudi for a year, two years, um, and something's going to open up for you, and you're going to get that move in a year or two that you, you wanted now, you're going to earn some fantastic money, um, and maybe Rubens just put his trust in his agent because his agent has has not steered him too far wrong yet. Um, even though he's probably stayed at Wolves longer than he probably would have wanted in his career, um, in terms of the trajectory that he probably had mapped out. So I think it's one to monitor. Um, I, I don't think he's gone to Saudi, and that will be it for his career. I. I I suspect he's going there and I I, I don't think we'll have seen the last of him uh, in Europe. But, uh, you know, from my perspective, fantastic business for Wolves and fantastic player for Wolves and, you know, very best of luck to him.
1: Yeah, we could get into a whole conversation about how long this league is going to last after we've obviously seen uh, Russia briefly surge and with like Anji. I'm not even going to try the second half of that club name. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously China for a few years there. Um, so yeah, (laughs) whether or not Nevis comes back just because he's so good that somebody else wants him or because that league does not last particularly long, time will tell. But, uh, 50 million, yeah, has to be a big amount for, for Wolves. Um, also sounds like Max Killman might be on offer. Spurs seem to be sniffing around. Homegrown players typically are going to have some interest from, from some corners, regardless of which club it is. How, how much do you think you'd be able to get for him?
0: Yeah, I think we, we we command a decent fee for Max now. Um, I think he's played, He's he's been in the squad since Wolves were promoted to the Premier League. He was a bit part player, really, under Nuno. Uh, Bruno Large brought him into the team and he played superbly in a back three uh, the season before the one that's just gone. Very good. He was His stock couldn't have been higher at that point. You know, everyone was expecting that England call-up because he was he was fantastic and there's sort of a, a Darth, of really good... Uh, English centre-halves. So I, I kind of thought that call would come. And then this season, Wolves really shifted the defence around. They got rid of some of the mainstays back there. Connor Cody, Remain, Saïs, Willie Bollie, um, And they went to a back four as well. And I think Max was just a bit, a bit more exposed. So I don't think this season's been as successful for him. He's pretty much played every game. First with partnering Nathan Collins. And then after we brought Craig Dawson in... Uh, in the January window, he was the one who was chosen to part, partner Dawson, and I think he looked more assured with that experience next to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a he's an English English centre half. Of the, you know, in the peak years, I think he's 25, 26, maybe 27. I don't know. I can't think of his age specifically, but he's in that kind of peak years of his career with a couple, you know, a hundred or so Premier League uh, appearances under his belt. He's very good at playing out from the back. He's quite confident with the ball at his feet. Um, He's a big guy. You know, he wins his share in the air. I think if there's a... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Criticism uh, in terms of, you know, his skill set, it's a lack of aggression. Uh, he doesn't quite have that killer instinct. Maybe next to someone like Romero, who is a killer, you'll get that blend of of a kind of a warrior and then someone who's more comfortable sweeping up and mm-hmm. uh, you know bringing the ball out so it could be a fantastic signing for Spurs in 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 that respect but I'd say it it's a gamble you know because Spurs Spurs aren't going to want to be mid table they're going to want to be pushing up towards the european places so has he done enough in his games particularly in a in a Wolves team that struggled um and I think you'd have to look at some of the, the dire performances Wolves have had. You know, the, the five goals. we did was five to Arsenal in the end or six on the last day. I can't even remember. But we lost six at Brighton and we, we've had a couple of pretty good hidings. And he's been in the team in those games. Mm. Uh, you know, so it, it hasn't been fantastic from a defensive point of view, um, in it, particularly since we've gone to a four. But, to, you know, to answer your question about the value, I mean, it's it's always hard to, to say these things. But I mean, again, I would have expected 25, 30 million maybe. Um, there was a rumor that Brentford were going to try and sign, sign Nathan Collins, um, and that was a 20 million pound fee, uh, which wasn't much more than we paid for him. But I'd, I'd say Kilman is more experienced than Collins, his stock is higher, so I think I still think there's a couple of years on the contract. So I think you'd be talking 25, 30 million, some add-ons maybe. That's where you'd, that's where it would be. And you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Wolves were prepared to do business because I think they're they're trying to offload a couple of players. Uh, from that squad and give Lopetegui the money uh, to reshape it in the way that he wants. So, um, you know, that is definitely one, along with a number of others, to to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you wouldn't be too heartbroken if, if uh, he turned into money that could be reinvested in the squad and then you mentioned right at the end there. Yeah, seems like that is kind of the direction the club's going with some of these departures anyway. Um, Gonzalo Guedes, one of the iffy signings that I was referencing earlier, Sounds like you might be willing to let him go on loan again i'm I'm very confused by the handling of that
0: situation. yeah, it just hasn't worked out for him. Um, it's hard to know exactly why that is I, don't, I i get the feeling he didn't really want to come in the first place um and it's another Mendes thing where he was told to come i mean he's he's been linked with wolves since you know we were promoted to the premier so we're talking five six years constant straight speculation because he's in that Gesta uh you know stable of players that's getting rotated around he's played for Benfica and Valencia he, he was eventually he was going to land on Wolves door um so it was one of the most uninspiring signings but we were still excited to have him because he played well for Valencia the previous season um and it's just one of these i think he came to Wolves at a bad time when that when that team you know, was still gelling and trying to find the rhythm and, and find the best positions for people and then the manager goes. So I think he slipped through the cracks a little bit. Um I think there was frustration as well from a lot of fans about a lack of perceived effort. They felt he wasn't putting it in. Um I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I think I think he I think he did try. Um but I just think it for whatever reason it, it didn't really work out for him. But then equally he he, the club made it known that he was the one who pushed for the loan move to Benfica in in January. He was the one who wanted to go. Um, so yeah, so it's it's a it's a difficult one that. And I think he had an injury there, and I don't think he's played a lot of games for Benfica while on loan. Um, so yeah, I mean he he could be a proper kind of noose around our neck um, in in the in the windows to come because we might have to keep loaning him out until he. He does well somewhere and, and attracts a permanent transfer. Um, either that or we welcome him back into the fold and try and make use of him. But, you know, if, if Lopetegui was prepared to let him go in January when we it was all hands on deck and we needed every available body to help keep us up, then it suggests that he's probably not going to want him now. So, um, yeah, it'll probably be alone, driven by George Mendes, I imagine. Um, Or or even better, a permanent transfer and probably taking a hit on the 30 million pounds or so we paid for him in the first place.
1: Gotcha. Um, Well, obviously, you're going to need some players coming in as well. Obviously, you have Sasa, another name I'm not going to try to pronounce, um, in the air quotes like a new signing category. Uh, Obviously, you'll need a central midfielder. Uh, with two departing there as well what are what the positions do you think you'll fill and are there any names in particular that that seem likely at the moment
0: yeah well i'll help you out on this sasa kalajnik is the is the center forward who we signed last last year and you know he poor guy did his knee ligaments in his in his debut and he, you know missed the whole season but he's a giant you know peter crouch size kind of striker who who came with a big reputation you know linked heavily nearly went to Bayern Munich lost that I think he lost that move because of an injury so he's he's had a lot of injury problems in his career but generally when he's been fit he's been an effective player so there are there are high hopes he's going to come back in pre-season hit the ground running and and be a, an important player for us because we we, we just haven't really had a centre forward who's Who's doing the business for us? We, we've had a, a Raúl Jiménez. He's wearing a headband and doesn't really want to. Doesn't seem like he wants to go in where it hurts anymore, which is completely understandable because of the experiences he's had. Diego Costa very much straining every ounce out of what's left in his body. So we we, we need to have a a kind of fit available um you know ready-made striker by the by the first game so whether that's sasa kalashnik or whether it's fabio Silva, who's been out on loan and, and done quite well at psv um you know there's talk of him coming back or wolves might cash in on him so that there's a there's a question mark over two strikers we already have right there at the club um we, we've been linked with gaio i think it's gaio ceres or gaio keres who plays for coventry uh, I think a number of Premier League teams, Everton and Brentford, to name two, have been interested in him. I think he's a Swedish striker. And again, he's quite a, you know, he can hold the ball up a bit, bring others into play. He might be a striker, the kind of profile of striker we, we look to bring in. So, yes, yeah, so certainly a centre forward, because, I mean, if you if you look at our, our goals for column, you know, with lowest scorers in the league, again, averaging well less than a goal a game um you know it's not good enough if we keep doing that we're eventually going to go down you can't survive continually well we're not scoring and it's been three or four years now of like managed decline in terms of our goal scoring so we've got to do something there Uh, that's the priority and then yeah it's filling in the gaps really it's depending on what we sell because we have got as i said to you kev we've got this bloated squad and he he's got players in every position. It's just a case of which ones does he want to use, which ones does he think are good enough, and who does he want to get rid of? Um, you know, he's got players coming out of his ears, really. So it, it's very hard to <laughs> second guess. It's very hard to second guess the the positions where he's going to choose to to make key additions. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that the defense the defense needs reshaping. Um, I think maybe the fullback positions. I mean, we've had Nelson Samedo for a few years, who I don't think is particularly great defensively or offensively. Um, he, I always say he's good between the boxes. Uh, but, you know, that's that's not creating any output and he's not really helping us at the defensive end of the field. So I think maybe they need to do something there on the right back, possibly the left backs. So we've got a lot of quite good players. But again, they're not giving us a full skill set. But I think, I just think it's more about shaping the team to be the profile of players that Lopetegui wants for his kind of team to play the football he wants to play. Um, I do think the group of players we've got have underperformed. I think there is talent in that group that, that just hasn't, for whatever reason, uh, delivered. I, I said when Lopetegui came in in January, I hoped we were going to see more out of Daniel Pedence. I hope we were going to see more out of Pedro Neto, uh, Mateus Nunes, Pablo Sarabia, who came in from PSG with a big reputation and, you know, scored a lot of goals in, in other leagues. He just didn't do it. You know, these, these are players who you feel like if they're in your squad, you should be creating goals and scoring goals. So the question is, why? Why haven't they? Um, and I think there's a there's a problem just systematically with with the team. So I think it's good that that some of these players um, you know, your Ruben is your Jaumatinho's, your Adama Trailways, I think we need to phase out that team now and we need to become something entirely different uh, because this last season particularly, we've been caught somewhere in between, you know where we've got the dregs of the Nuno era who are kind of past their best and all looking for the exit and then some players coming in and they're not really sticking to the existing system. So it, it needed it needs ripping up and and almost starting again. So um yeah, I think there's gonna I think there's gonna be a lot of outs and I think there's gonna be a fair few wins. and it's uh it will be an interesting one because we're gonna learn not just, you know, whether Wolves can be successful, but what kind of team uh Julian Lopetegui wants to build. Does he wanna build an attacking team? I mean there's a lot has been said about he wants to play high press football, high tempo, getting in the faces of opposition, but we've only really seen fleeting glimpses of that from this, from this current group. And is it because he doesn't think those players can, can do what he wants them to do or, you know, or they just not doing it. So that's, that's an interesting one. So, um, so yeah, I I think they'll, they'll be, they'll be recruits. I think the team will be very different come the first game of the season. Um, But yeah, I, I can't, can't pinpoint exactly where where those recruits are going to be added.
1: Yeah, like you said, a lot of question marks looming. Um, so it would be unfair to ask you where you think you'd finish next year. But what do you think the fans are expecting next year? Is it just safety? Is it to get back into that like top half area? What What do you think people are wanting for for the coming year?
0: Yeah, I think I think we I think most fans now. If you said that we could you know rebuild the squad and kind of look more like a cohesive team and survive with a higher degree of comfort than we did this year so kind of be in that that mid-table position kind of like maybe a crystal palace where they kind of just posted around mid-table and generally never really looked in any trouble but started to come together as a team and and look quite i think we want to be there that's that's kind of what we where we hope to be in this season. I think most fans would accept that because I think that's I think we know that's where we're at. We're not really in a position where we're going to magically come together and and attack, you know, the European places and and do that well because the resources aren't there and the team have shown that they just haven't really the existing playing staff aren't quite at that level. Um so I think it's it's a building block season. It's hopefully something where we can we avoid the total disaster of being dragged right back into the relegation scrap next season and, and we try and do a bit better and and build up. And then obviously you hope for some bonuses within that kind of season where you, you get a cup run. Um, you know, it'd be lovely to, to go back to Wembley League Cup or FA Cup and do well. And I think most fans would accept that. If the if the football's better, more stability, um, that's fine. And I don't think that's a massive ask because, you know, that that's it's gonna be the same for a good Eight to ten teams in the Premier League—that's the realistic picture for them next season. You know, it's either going to be a relegation scrap or they'll be—they'll be a bit more comfortable. Um, so I think I think that's the pocket where most fans, if they were honest, would hope/slash expect us to be.
1: Got it. Well, certainly, best of luck. <laughs> going to be a lot of changes. Hope it all works out for you. Uh, in the interim, if you want to tell folks where they can find you, now would be a good time.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Kev. Uh, good to catch up early summer and see where we're, see where we're up to so far. Uh, if you want to catch up with, with all the goings on at Wolves, there'll be some posts going out over the summer on Wolves blog as things develop. There's one going out in the coming days about Ruben Neves' departure and his impact to Wolves, uh, so look out for that. And then, yeah, as things progress uh, and into next season, obviously, if your team's playing Wolves, as they always do, encourage people onto Wolves blogs, There's always some interesting comments. Uh, not just from me, but various other supporters and um, lively discussion. So, yeah, uh, otherwise, uh, have a great summer.
1: Awesome. Likewise, and folks at home, yeah, we hope you keep listening.